Good morning, Our Savior's Church. How are y'all doing? Well, you would know by looking at me that I'm not Pastor Zach, and I'm sure most of y'all uh, know that he's on vacation this week, and he told y'all last week that I'd be speaking to y'all, but I'm really excited. Uh, Kathleen, my wife, and I, we just got back from vacation on Friday, and uh, we went to the Smoky Mountains, which is really beautiful. Uh, man, you see the pictures of that stuff, and it's wonderful, but the one thing you don't think about is all the curvy roads that it takes to get there. I've never been so happy to see a flat, straight road than, uh, than I was this Friday whenever we got back home, but um, only, Eden only got car sick once on the way home, so it wasn't too, too bad. Besides that, we made it through okay, but anyways, I'm glad to be back here. I'm glad to be back in Crowley and excited to be preaching to you all this morning. Um, my jeans are not quite as skinny as Pastor Zach, so for those of you that that's a problem, we're a little bit better off today, so if these are still too skinny for you, they're the only ones that I have, so I can't help you there. Um, but today, I want to be talking to you guys about community. Uh, the message today is about growing with others. And uh, most of y'all know that I'm the life group coordinator uh, here at the church. And so I kind of just make sure that the leaders have what they need and that life groups are happening and everything like that. And I do that because community and people joining together and, and building relationships is, is really important to me. Um, it's, a, it's a huge part of my life. It's something that I've seen God use in my life and using others' lives. And so that's, that's really what we're going to talk about today. Um, so I'm just going to pray really quick before we get started uh, and just pray that everything goes smoothly today and that you guys would receive something uh, from what the Lord has to say to you today. So God, I thank you for the opportunity to be able to speak to these people, to, to this congregation, this group of believers here in, in Crowley. And I pray that you would just bless this time that we have this morning, uh, that you would use me to speak your words to these people, that it wouldn't be uh, some just made up fantasy or, or something something crazy coming out of my mouth, God, but that it would truly be something that would speak to people's hearts and touch their lives and push them one step further uh, into a relationship with you and others and that you would just allow them to receive whatever it is that you want them to hear this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. So basically all of heaven and earth, all of the Bible is all based on one word if you really think about it. It's a pretty big concept to think about, that, that everything that we know the importance, the priorities, the things that, that we base our lives on are, are based on one word, and that word is relationship. If you think about it, that's what the Bible is all about from beginning to end, from the start to the finish. It's about God's relationship with man, it's about our relationship with God, and it's about our relationship with others as well. Relationships are extremely important to God, and when you read through the Bible, through the, the chapters and the stories, in different ways, in different pieces, God is, is showing us different facets of those relationships and how He wants us to live in those relationships, how He wants us to respond in those relationships uh, so that He can guide us to a better life. The quality of your life is determined on your choices in your relationships. Your marriages, your friendships, the, the people that you choose to associate with at work or at church or, or wherever you go, the quality of your life is going to be determined by your choices in your relationships. Relationships are a huge deal to God. In life, it's not about what you know. It's about who you know, right? Think about even, even going to heaven. It's not about how much of the Bible you know. It's not about how much you studied or how many chapters you memorized. Jesus said that those that he would send away, it would be because he never knew them. It's about relationship, and that's what God desires with us, and that's what he desires for us to have with each other. 
Your relationships are going to be the most important decisions you ever make. Matthew 18, verse 20, it says this. Where two or three are gathered in my name, this is Jesus talking. He said, two or three are gathered together as my followers. I am there among them. He's not so much focused on the individual as he is on the relationships there. Jesus wants us to realize the importance of it is, the importance that it is for us to, to join together, to meet with people, to join together and have those relationships. The question here is this, why is Jesus so interested in our relationships? It's the one thing in our life that has the most influence over where we are right now and where we're going to be tomorrow. That's why Jesus says that it's so important. Really quickly in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, it says this. It says, I observed yet another example of something meaningless under the sun. This is the case of a man who is all alone, without a child or a brother, yet he works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. And then he asks himself, who am I working for? And why am I giving up so much pleasure now? Is it all so meaningless and depressing? It's kind of a sad verse, isn't it? You sit here and you think about something, you know, a man who's all alone. He's, and he says he worked so hard, he spent all of his time trying to gain possessions. And he still, at the end of it, was just unhappy. Because he was all alone. He didn't have anybody to share that with. And he didn't have any relationships to, to build up or to, to have people build him up. And oftentimes, we're the same as this man. Whenever, whenever we're feeling lonely, whenever we're feeling alone, or, or we're reaching for something, we, we oftentimes try to fill that gap of relationship, that, that gap of brokenness. We try to fill that up with, with possessions, or we try to fill that up with, uh, you know, with, with false relationships and, uh, and, and any other thing. You know, some people get to a place of brokenness where they, they try to you know, fulfill that with, with substance abuse. Maybe they, they go to the bar to be with friends and drink, not necessarily because they care so much about alcohol, but, but it's a, a place to belong. It's a place where they can find relationships and people who may be on the same terms as them. And it's not so much that that is going to fulfill them. It's not that that's going to bring them what they need, but it's, trying, it's for them trying to fulfill a craving of relationship that God has placed inside of us all along. So that being said, if relationships are so important to us, if, if when we're all alone we try to fulfill that with other things, if relationships are something that God has placed inside of us and designed for us to, you know, to take part in and, and to make it a healthy part of our life, why in the world would we ever walk alone? Why would we choose to, to be an individual on an island by ourselves and not open up ourselves into relationships with other people? Well, for a lot of us, it's, it's just plainly naivety. We're naive to the fact that we need relationships. Maybe for some of you this morning, this is the first time anybody's ever brought up the fact that, hey, as a human being, you need relationships in your life in order to be a healthy person. It's not something that happens by accident or by chance. You know, someone who's in isolation will eventually have, you know, emotional problems. It's, you know, that's, that's why, you know, a lot of times in jails, they'll use that as a punishment to try to correct someone's behavior. Uh, and whether that's healthy or not is, is a whole different subject. But the fact of the matter remains that it, when we're isolated, when we're alone, when we're left to our own thoughts with nobody to bounce our ideas off of, nobody to, to talk to, nobody to, 
uh, to share relationship with, it's going to lead to an unhealthy place. So for some of you in this morning, maybe that's the case. Maybe no one's ever said straightforward to you, you need relationships in your life, people to, to share life with and be real with, in order for you to be a healthy human being that's going to live a satisfied life. So maybe that's the case. Maybe you've just been naive about the fact that you need relationships in your life. What would be another reason about that? It would be temperament. Now, for me, this, this is the area that I probably would say uh, would be mine. Maybe you're not an outgoing person. Is anybody in here an introvert like me? I'm an introvert. Now, I know I may be up here standing, you know, in front of all of you guys talking, but when it comes to, to social circles or when it comes to uh, being in a group of people, I'm like the guy that's going to be standing in a corner with maybe one or two people that aren't talking to each other. We're just standing back looking. And it's not because I'm rude or it's not because I'm afraid or it's not anything like that. It's just I prefer either small crowds or to be alone completely. But I've learned in my life personally, I've experienced this, that I place a cap on myself. I, I reach a plateau where I can't grow anymore when I'm all alone and when I'm by myself. And the same is true for each and every one of you, whether you're a whether you're an outgoing social butterfly or whether you're an introvert like me and you would rather just be at home reading a book uh, with nobody else to talk to, either way, you're going to reach a plateau in your life if you don't have relationships and people to, to bounce those things off of. I really learned this, you know, when I came to OSC because I was at a place in my life... Um, not necessarily by choice, I would say, but just by circumstances where I didn't have a lot of people to share my life with or a lot of people to, to build relationships with. Whenever we came here, my wife and I, two and a half years ago, we didn't have really any friends that were our age that lived close by, nobody that we could go out and grab a cup of coffee with or, or invite over to our house for dinner that I would say was at the same step of life as us. Uh, you know, we were, we had people that, you know, we were friendly with, but nobody that I would say that I was sharing my life with. And that was something when we were looking for a church to come to, that was something that was really important for Kathleen and I uh, to step out there and to, and to build those relationships. But I've learned being an introvert, and oddly enough, Kathleen, my wife, is an introvert also, we've had to make the conscious choice to step out there and build relationships. And I've, I've learned this in my life and hopefully you'll learn this today too, that building relationships and being in community is not something that happens by accident. It's not something that you drift towards. It's not something that, you know, just falls upon you one day. Building relationships and, and sharing community with people is something that is a discipline in your life, just like exercise, uh, just like eating right, just like reading your Bible. It's something that you have to choose to be a part of and work towards every day. And I can say that as, as plainly as I can because it's true for myself. If I'm left to just drift on my own, I'm going to drift away from relationships. I'm going to drift towards a place, you know, where I don't call anybody, where I don't talk to people, uh, where I don't ask for help whenever I'm broken. That's what I drift towards whenever, whenever I'm not disciplining myself in a relationship. So temperament plays a big part in that also. You know, you, you may say that, oh, well, I'm just not an outgoing person. Uh, you know, I, I just feel better off alone. God hasn't designed you that way. You may feel that way socially, but as a human being, you need at least one or two or three people to share your life with, people that you can go to and build those relationships with. Another reason that you may 
uh, you, you know, you may be or think that you're better off alone or you haven't entered into the relationships with yet, it would be fear. Maybe you've done that before. Maybe you've been down that road. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you, uh, you know, you think that, man, if these people, if they knew what I was really thinking, if they knew the, the stuff that I was really struggling with, you know, there's no way that they would still want to be friends with me. It, it would just be awkward. It would be weird. How would we start the conversation? You know, what does that look like to, to start to build a relationship like that with someone? And I can say this, it, it doesn't happen right away. But I promise you that you're in a place in this church with people that, that want to build those relationships with you. People that want to share that part of your life with you that, um, you know, that you can go to them, that you can call them and say, hey man, I'm having a rough day, can you pray for me? It's not going to be weird. You know why? Because we all have struggles and issues. We all have things that are difficult for us that we go through. We all have things that we deal with that are embarrassing. Each and every one of us have that. Now, it's not something that you're just going to go and, and share with everybody, right? You need to use some caution and some, uh, you know, some reservation when it comes to that. And In fact, I mean, I may be wrong here, but I kind of shy away or, or trust people less whenever they say that they're completely an open book and they just have nothing to hide, right? Because everybody has something to hide. But it's important that we enter into a relationship with people that we can trust with those things that we're afraid to share. Those things that make us feel like we're less than the person that we need to be. Because we all have those things. Standing here in front of you today, I have those things. I can promise you that Pastor Zach has those things because he and I have had those conversations. And he would be fine sharing that with you this morning. The fact that he is probably less than what you think he is than the pedestal that you've put him on. Because he's a human being. Being a pastor or, you know, being somebody that's on the worship team or, or somebody that serves on the dream team, that doesn't mean that we've arrived at some place that we don't have issues. It just means that we've entered into a place that we're healthy enough to, to own those issues, like Zach's been talking about with this series, to own these issues, to stand up and say, look, I'm a broken human being and I know that you are too. So would we help each other to, to grow through this to conquer these issues and to hold each other accountable in the places that, that we're afraid to share, the places that we feel weak. That's something that we all have common ground on. So fear really has no place when we're talking about entering into relationships. It's something that you just have to have the courage to get over and, and step past. Another thing that I kind of mentioned already would, would maybe be past experiences. Maybe there's some of you in here today because of a past experience that you've had sharing and opening up your life uh, to, to someone that hurt you or someone that, that manipulated uh, that piece of information that you shared uh, or someone that was just ignorant to the fact that, that you were you know, sharing a piece of your life with them and, and they just either cast you aside or, or unknowingly just shared that with somebody that you didn't want them to. And I would say to you that, man, if we cut ourselves off based on every bad experience that we've had in our life, there would be nothing left for us but a, you know, a place of solitary confinement where, where we just sit all alone. There's no, there's no relationship, there's no circumstance, there's no place where you can go in life where it's going to be perfect. It's not going to happen. 
You can't continue to build up these walls based on bad experiences that you've had in previous situations. There's never anything that's going to be perfect. I mean, you think about your marriage, right? That's something that's supposed to be the the closest, most personal relationship that you have. Does any of you have a marriage where you don't argue or don't get mad at each other? If you do, then please come counsel me. Uh, You know, I mean... You think about something that close and that personal, and even that is something that will oftentimes bring pain emotionally into our lives. And it's not because those person, those people, are are uh, just spiteful or mean, or or because they don't like you. Oftentimes, it's just because people are hurting themselves, or or they're tired or worn out themselves, and uh, and and they just lash out based off of, of reactions. The same is true in any relationships. You know, maybe, maybe the person that you got hurt by in the past, it wasn't something that they did intentionally to you. It was a coming from a place of brokenness in their own life that they screwed up and they made a mistake and maybe they weren't, you know, uh, humble enough to admit it. But the fact of the matter remains that if we base all of our decisions off of guarding ourselves against past hurts and past experiences, there'll be no decisions left for us to make. We'll, in, we'll end up in a place where there's nothing left for us to go and we'll be locked up in chains behind walls uh, with nowhere left to go, nothing left to do. Because life is, is a broken place to live. But you have to more or less roll with the punches and just enter into a place of relationship with people where you you'd slowly build that trust with them. And when they make mistakes, when, when somebody hurts you, bring it up to them, talk about it, and work through it. I would hope that that this church would be a place where we would have mature enough relationships where we would be able to do that. So past experiences, uh, you you may have them. We all have them. We have places that we've come come from that that hurt, that have been broken, you know, that, that have messed us up a little bit on the inside. But it's time to heal from those. It's time to make healthy decisions for today, for right now. And here's another one that I know we all deal with, a reason why we wouldn't enter into to relationships or community would be busyness <laughs> who has had a busy week this week I was on vacation I still feel like I had a busy week this week right because you you know you got to pack up and come home and do all that stuff and you still feel you know you almost need a vacation from the vacation anybody ever said that before right we're all too busy we all have things that that take up time in our life it's just the way it is we live in a world where there's no lack of things that, that want your attention. I mean, when people are making money off of your attention. Believe that? The commercials, I mean, the, your phones can listen to you now and, and give you a, an ad based on what they say about you because they're trying to buy your attention. Your attention is worth something. So how many of you today are giving your attention to something that is not causing growth in your life. If you were to sit down and take a look at what do you spend your time doing, that may be, you know, that may be difficult for you to even think about. You get to the end of a 24-hour day and you're like, man, where did the time go? But I promise you, if you sit down and think about it, there's some waste in there that you could cut out and replace it with something that's going to produce positive results in your life, that's going to produce positive relationships in your life there may be some of you that are sitting here today and and you may be saying man I just you know I've been coming to this church for a while and I just 
I don't feel connected to anybody. I don't feel close to anybody. I, well, my question to you would be, have you taken the time to text someone and just say, hey, how are you doing today? How can I pray for you? How's your life? How's your marriage? How's your relationship with your kids? Those types of conversations are probably being swallowed up by things that are far less uh, productive in your life. Now, I'm, you know, we talk about this all the time, social media, TV, uh, you know, maybe that's not your thing. Maybe you like to go fishing or hunting or, uh, you know, maybe you like to go and watch sports, whatever. And those are not bad things, but they can become bad things when they take the place of healthy things in your life, right? And so each of us, we have a busy life. Every one of us, we're going to have things that are, that are challenging us to, to take our time. But I've heard this said time and time again, and this is kind of an in-your-face statement, but it makes sense. But you're the one who makes your schedule, don't you? We all have things that we have to do, you know, whether we work or, you know, we're stay-at-home parents and we have a certain amount of time that we have to take care of our kids each day, whatever. But beyond those things, we all have a certain amount of extracurricular time that we choose what we do. So how are you using that time to build relationships in your life? to build healthy safeguards in your life with people that you care about and trust. If you're not, if you don't have any time for that, then my challenge today would be to find some time to to cut out some of the things that are unproductive so that you can replace it with something that actually matters. I want to read this real quick. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible about community. We actually read this. Uh, we had life group at our house, not this past Friday because we were on vacation, but the week before, and, uh, and Dustin read this scripture. But this is part of our life group leader training, and it's just a great verse when it comes to community. It's Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 to 12. It says, Two people are better off than one because they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real, real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Now, I know that verse wasn't on the screen, but man, that write that down, go back and read it and look it up and let that verse challenge you. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12. That's one of my favorite verses when it comes to community because it's, it's so plain to see when you look at it that way. That if one person is all by my, myself, we went to the Smoky Mountains this week, right? My wife and I. I. There was one morning, maybe, you know, this is a horrible example, but I left really early one morning and went hiking by myself. I left at 5, I got there at 6 before the sun even came up, and a few minutes later when the sun came up, I went hiking. It was like a five-mile hike, not a big deal. But there were a couple of places where it was steep. You know, there are mountainsides to fall off of or whatever. Imagine if I would have been out there and fallen down the mountain and been by myself. What would have been the option at that point? There's no cell phone signal out there. There's nobody to really know where I was at. You know, I told my wife what trail I was going to and where I was going to be, but it's five miles in the wilderness. How is anybody going to be there to help me? Imagine how much better it would have been in a situation like that if there were two people. One person falls, the other goes and gets help. I mean, that's just simple, right? And the same is true in our daily lives, but we don't look at it that way. 
we think, oh, I'm just, you know, I don't need to talk to anybody about this. Maybe if I just pretend this doesn't exist, it'll go away. Has that ever worked in anybody's life? No, that has never worked. When you pretend that something doesn't exist and you just hide it away, what does it do in the darkness? It just grows into a bigger, uglier monster that you can't control. The Bible said that there's nothing hidden in the darkness that will not be revealed by the light. There's nothing that you can hide long enough that it'll eventually go away. You need people in your life that will share that with you. Someone that can watch your back. Someone that you'll let behind your walls that you can talk to and say, man, here's the ugly stuff. I don't feel comfortable with you sharing this with anybody else, but I want you to know to help hold me accountable and to help me get through this. We need, each and every one of us need people like that in our life. There's a story one time, Muhammad Ali was on an airplane and uh, he wasn't wearing a seatbelt, right? And the stewardess walked by and she said, excuse me, sir, you're going to have to put on your seatbelt. And we all know how Muhammad Ali was. He had this swagger to him and he was confident. And he said, Superman don't need no seatbelt. And she said back to him, she said, Superman didn't need an airplane. Please put on your seatbelt. <laughs> right? But isn't that some of us in here? Sometimes we think we're so confident that we're strong enough to live this life alone. For some reason, we think we're better than everybody else, that we're strong enough that we don't need those, those close personal relationships to share our weaknesses with, because we've already established the fact that each and every one of us have weaknesses. But for some reason, those of us that are, that are prideful in here, we think that, that we can live this life uh, and, and deal with our weaknesses on our own and overcome them on our own. And, and be better just by thinking about it or just by willpower or whatever. I don't know, but it's not going to work for you. Each and every one of us in this place need those relationships to call us out. Romans chapter 12, verse 5, it says, Since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other. And each of us needs all the others. That's a powerful statement. We belong to each other. Look around the room. People in here need you. And you need them. There's no escaping it. There's no mistaking it. And if you're not opening your eyes to that fact this morning, you're lying to yourself and you're going to end up in a place that's unhealthy because you refuse to be a part of healthy relationships. We belong to each other. That's a powerful statement. So there's a few things I'm going to go over here. A few places in our life, what these relationships look like, these healthy relationships, how to grow past, you know, one step and into the next. So the first thing I want to talk about this morning is the arena. The arena is where I know things and you know things. Now, this is a very broad, surface-level relationship. This is like the relationship that you have on Facebook with the friends that you graduated high school with that you only talk to about twice a year. You make sure to tell them happy birthday on Facebook because Facebook tells you to. And, then you, you know, maybe they have a baby or something like that and you comment congratulations. But beyond that, you don't see very much of their life 
You know, if you pass them in Walmart, you would nod, smile, shake their hand, say, hey, man, how's it going? We need to catch up. Yeah, let's do that. All right, see you later. And then, you, don't, you know, you don't see them again until next time, right? Those are the arena relationships. We have a very small bit of knowledge about each other. You know, those are the people that know I went on vacation to the Smoky Mountains this week because I posted pictures on Facebook about it. And if I saw them, they would ask me about it. But that's about it. That's, that's all there is to the relationship. We all have these relationships. And, and these are fun. These are good relationships. But it needs to go deeper than that. The truth here is that I need people who really know me. Not just who know when my birthday is. Not who just know that I had a baby because I posted pictures on Facebook. Not who know that, you know, I went on vacation this week. I need people who really know what's going on in my day-to-day life. And these relationships don't get it. Why do we need those relationships? Why do I need somebody that really knows me? We're all going to have that day when we're weak. Has anybody ever had that moment? Maybe at... 2 a.m. when your kid is screaming at you, that's about the time I've had that moment where you're like, I quit. I'm, just, I'm so tired. I'm done. Maybe that's not it. Maybe it's not a child. Maybe it's work, you know, and, and something is just going wrong again. And it feels like it's out of your control and it feels like everything is falling apart. Or maybe it's a, a sickness in your family. Maybe it's a a loved one or something that's dealing with something that's just beyond your control. We all have that day where we come to a place of of brokenness or a rock bottom or whatever you want to call it where you're just like, I'm done. I'm just so done. We're all going to have those days. No one is exempt from those days. And on those days, we need people that we can call out to, that we can reach out to, if nothing else, not necessarily so that they can share some scripture with us or, uh, or, or give us any particular word of encouragement or give us an answer. Just somebody that can know. Just somebody that can, can share what you're going through. Oftentimes that's all we need in those moments. And you need those just as much as I do. The second the second sphere of relationship kind of that we enter into is the mask this is a little bit deeper because people are close enough to us that they can see things in our life and so this is whenever we build up the walls and put on the masks this is where I know something that I don't want you to know each and every one of us have this this mask that we put on Something that we feel like we just can't show. Something that's not safe to share with the general public. And when people are starting to get close enough to us, what do we do? We pretend like everything's okay. You know, maybe you go to a life group. Maybe you're in a life group. And people start to ask, you know, how are you doing? Is there anything I can pray for? Man, how's your family? How's your week been? You may have had a horrible week, but it's something that you're ashamed to tell people about. And so you say, man, I'm good. Everything's good. Just because you don't want people to know. Now, again, I talked about this already. There's going to be things in your life that you don't need to just share with the world, right? 
don't be guilty of being one of those over posters on Facebook that you see somebody post something, you're just like, we didn't need to know that. Thank you. So there's some, there's some things that you don't need to just share with everybody. But just like Ecclesiastes said, two are better than one, and three are even better because a three-stranded cord is easily broken. Is not easily broken. If you continue to hide that stuff, you continue to pretend like it doesn't exist, you're not going to come to a place of health and you're not going to overcome that situation just by pretending. You need to go a little bit deeper into that relationship and, and share that with somebody that you know is going to protect that. That's one of our, our core principles of life groups here at the church all of our life group leaders go through the life group leader training and and we tell them three things life groups are a place to connect a place to protect and a place to grow people need to know that their secrets are safe and it's like zach he said this last week he said you need to have one or two people in your life that knows everything that knows all the deep, dark, ugly stuff, that knows all of your secrets, that nothing is hidden. Because as long as you have stuff that's hidden, the enemy is going to continue to come against you and make you feel like you have to pretend to be somebody different. Because if these people knew the truth about you, then they would no longer accept you, they would no longer like you, they would kick you out of their social circle, because what you deal with is not acceptable. That's what the, the lie that the enemy would continue to, to have you believe. And as long as we continue to put on that mask and pretend like nothing's there and everything's good, my life is just peachy, you know, I have nothing to worry about, man, uh, thank you, but you, you can pray for somebody else, man, I don't even need it. As long as we continue to put up those fronts and those lies and we don't share the, that stuff with, with one or two people that we really genuinely trust, it's going to be a place of brokenness and a place of shame that holds us hostage. We need those people in our life. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2 says, We refuse to wear masks and play games. We don't maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes. And we don't twist God's word to suit ourselves. Rather, we keep everything we do and say out in the open, the whole truth on display, so that those who want Two can see and judge themselves, judge for themselves in the presence of God. And James five sixteen says, "Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other, so that you may be healed." Zach said this last week, and this almost sounds like a scandalous statement, but confessing your sins to God is oftentimes not enough. You need a friend to share that with. Oftentimes, we'll go into our, our quiet place. Man, when we've messed up, when we've blown it, whenever we've, we've done the thing that we hate about ourselves again, we go into that place and we ask God's forgiveness, and we still feel a weight of shame. Why? Because we don't have any other relationships outside of that quiet prayer closet with God where people know this dirty secret, and yet they still accept us for who we are. That kind of love where people know that junk about us and still love us it is a God-like love that we can share with each other. And oftentimes we think that God is the only person that we can experience that kind of love with, but it's not true. 
God wants us to share those, those type of godly, loving relationships with other people that you sit in this room with, where people would know all of your stuff and yet still love you and accept you. It's a reflection of the love God has for us, and it's the type of love that he wants us to have for each other. When Jesus was sending his disciples out, he told them, he said, look, you're going out, but I want you to know one thing. The world will recognize that you are mine because of the love that you have for one another. Not because of the way that you pray for the sick and they're healed. Not because of the way that, you know, you turn water into wine or raise the dead. Those are pretty powerful things, right? But Jesus said, the thing that is going to let people know that you are my sons and daughters is by the love and the relationships that you have with one another. Another. Because that's something that oftentimes the world doesn't give. The world has a threshold on its love. And when it gets to a place where it's uncomfortable or sticky or unacceptable, people will either turn their backs on you or manipulate that into a way to gain something from you. But in a relationship with healthy believers, people that love God and love you, that's not the case. They're not there to to manipulate that and they're not there to turn their back on you. They're there to accept the good with the bad and let you know that you're still God's son or daughter. The third sphere of relationship that that we need to enter into is where it starts to get a little bit more deeper and a little bit more healthy, and this is called the blind spot. This is where I don't know something about myself, but you see it and you know it. This is where we have a relationship close enough to somebody that they, they see the things in our life that are unhealthy and broken and messed up, and they also have the confidence because of the relationship that we share to call you out on them. When you're having a bad attitude, whenever, you know, when you're being a jerk to your husband or your wife, they're the ones that can say, look, maybe you need to take a different perspective because the one you have is just flat out wrong. This takes a little bit more trust, right? Because we're not going to be able to accept that kind of correction or that kind of encouragement from everybody, right? There's some people that told us, look, you're being a jerk and you need to change your mind. If somebody told us that, I would rather just punch them in the face and listen to what they have to say. That's our reaction sometimes, right? Because there's not going to be people that we click with all the time. There's some people that we just don't get along with, and that's fine. But you need to have one or two or three people in your life that you do get along with that have the freedom to say whatever they want to you and you are able to receive it and take it to heart. If you don't have that kind of relationship, then you've placed yourself on an island and you're living only based off of your knowledge and your emotions. And that's a dangerous place. Because you don't know everything and your emotions will lie to you. You need people in your life that are going to call out the ugly stuff. And the the funny part is, is that oftentimes when we have that ugly stuff, we already know. We just feel tied to our emotions, so we're just reacting. We're just doing whatever we feel. But if we have somebody to call that out in us and say, look, man, that's wrong. Oftentimes our answer is, you're right. I know it's wrong. I just don't know what to do about it. I don't know how to change it. The anger, the frustration, the, the sin, I don't, it's wrong, but I don't know what to do about it. Those are the types of relationships that we need to have. 
They're not that scary once you enter into it. I can promise you, it's the, it's the, the healthiest, most uncomfortable, best thing that you'll ever do. It's not, it doesn't feel natural for some reason. I don't know why, but for some reason it doesn't feel natural to, to share that with somebody and expect them to still care about us. But when you do, and they still do, there's nothing like that. Because God has placed a, a deep longing and burden inside of us to have those types of relationships. We need someone that's going to be honest with us. And the fourth and the last sphere of relationship is, is really when... Have you ever heard somebody say, you know, we do life with these people? You ever heard? It's like a, a new term that people have been using for like the last couple of years. Like, I do life with these people. This is kind of the last sphere, and it's this, the potential. This means that I don't know and you don't know. This is whenever you're, you're going and doing life with somebody, quote-unquote, and life is a journey. I don't know what's ahead of you. You don't know what's ahead of me, but we're trusting each other, and we're following God, and God is going to do great and powerful things in our life. I don't know what those are yet, but I believe that they're going to happen, and I'm walking with you until we see them happen. That's, that's really the deepest fear of relationship. After you've gone past all the surface stuff, and then once you've trusted people enough to let down the mask, you get into a place where, where people are you know, challenging you and, and they see things about you that you don't see. And then you come to a place where, where you're just challenging each other in God and you're both growing together and you both see the potential and you see what God wants to do, and you see the direction that people are heading in, and you're constantly challenging and encouraging each other to grow towards that place. That's the last sphere, and to me, that's the most powerful sphere. That's why, that's why God said that, that um, oh, what is it? There's, there's no love greater than a brother. No, um, something about a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I'm sorry, I can't remember it. You know, you say something like that and it just kind of goes out of your mind. But the Bible talks about how there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And this is what that's talking about. And for some of you, that may be weird. For some reason, especially men, we just, we think that's weird to have a, a friendship or a relationship that's so close that, that we share everything with, with each other. And, you know, and we talk about all our stuff that we go through. It, it's not some ooey-gooey, messy relationship stuff. It's just something that each and every one of us need. And you've got to be real. You've got to be honest with each, with each other. But if you ask me, there's nothing tougher than that. Than, than men who would stand together and say, look, I'm just going to be real with you. You're going to be real with me. And we're going to be honest and we're going to get through this together. A lot of people would rather just throw up their pride. Pretend like everything's okay. Pretend like they're strong. Like they're making it. Like everything's good. Like the money's fine. Their marriage is fine. Those are the people that end up broken, man. Because everything's not okay. And you're not being honest about it. But I want to challenge each and every one of you today to go deeper through these four spheres of relationship. We may all be at different phases of that today. Maybe this is your first time in your church, you're a stranger and you don't know anybody. Or maybe you're an introvert like me and you've been coming to the church for three or four months and you just have never stepped out there and built a relationship with somebody. It's time for you to take that next step. Or maybe you've 
you've been in this place. Maybe you've been coming to church for a year or two, but you're the one with the mask on. And everything has always been okay. You put your smile on on Sunday morning, but you've never been to a life group. You've never shared your real struggles with anybody. You've never gone deeper and asked anybody to pray for you about something that you were really going through and really struggling with at that moment. And yet you've been sitting in this church, and you may have grown. These Sunday morning services are a powerful place to grow. I know because I've grown myself, but the same as me, if you continue to sit in here and put that mask on, you're going to plateau. And eventually you're going to decline. You're going to reach a place where you're just like, man, church just doesn't feel the same anymore. I'm just, I'm not growing anymore. You know, and a lot of times you'll see those people, they'll say, man, I just, OSC Crowley is just not what it used to be. Maybe it's us or maybe it's you. Maybe you've never reached that place of being unsafe with somebody so that they could challenge you to go to the next step. Maybe that's what's missing from this whole experience in Christianity for you. I can promise you in my life, it's made all the difference for me. Now, because I'm an introvert, because I don't trust people, maybe you're a skeptic like me. It took me a while to start to open up to people. I knew I wanted it. I knew I needed it. But I was slow to enter into those relationships. But it's been the best thing that I've ever done. And I want to challenge each and every one of you this morning, wherever you find yourself in those four phases, whether you're in the, you know, the arena, you kind of just have people that you just smile at and nobody that's really close to you, or you're wearing the mask, or, um, you know, hopefully you're a little bit deeper with somebody. But I want to challenge each of you to strive to get to that fourth place where you're doing life with people, where you're challenging each other daily. You have people that you can call anytime, day or night, Share with them what you're going through, and they'll be there for you and still accept you after they know what's going on. They'll pray for you and challenge you. We need those relationships. You need those relationships. It's something that God has built us with a default to have that longing and to have that necessity in our life. Nobody's exempt. So maybe you're in here this morning, you're like, man, how do I do that? I'm just... I'm not the outgoing type. I don't know anybody. It's my first time here. Whatever. The best two ways to do that, and we say this all the time, it may sound cliche, it may sound like we're just trying to put your name on a list, but I promise you that's not our motivation. But either join a life group or join the dream team. We don't have a whole lot of like church care, like if you're missing for three weeks, you get a letter in the mail. We don't have stuff like that. We place the emphasis on life groups and the dream team. If you sign up for those and you serve in those, people are going to miss you. They're going to know when you're gone and they're going to check on you. If you're in here and maybe you went on vacation for two weeks and nobody checked on you, but you're not connected to those things and you're disappointed and you're like, man, I thought this was a church of community. It is, but you've got to enter into the community. You have to step out there and, and join something and do something and Like I said, you have to make the effort to be a part of those relationships. They don't just happen. That was the biggest surprise to me when I came to OSC Crowley. It was a church of relationships. I knew I wanted relationships, but I found out quickly those relationships don't just happen. I have to make the choice to put myself in a position to build those relationships. And if you're missing something at this church or you're looking for something more, that's how you do it. 
You join the dream team and you join a life group. We're right smack dab in the middle of a life group semester right now. We have about six life groups that are going on, and I would love to, to get you signed up for one. There's going to be people there that, that want to care about you. Maybe people you don't know yet. Maybe people you've never talked to or seen in your life. And we don't expect you to go the first time and, and spill your guts and tell them all your, you know, all your life story. But it's a step. It's a first step. And dream team is the same way. These teams that you serve on, these people will check on you. They'll ask how you're doing. It's not just, you know, getting the job done on Sunday morning. That's not what it's about. It's basically an extension of life groups, a place to share a relationship with people. And so if you are in a place in this morning where you don't have those relationships, but you recognize that you need them, those are really the, the best two ways to, to fast-track yourself into a relationship with somebody. Join a dream team, join a life group. Do both. And I promise you, God will slowly begin to change you in ways that you've been trying to change for a long time, if you open up and get real. If you find some people to be honest with, you'll find some breakthroughs that you've been working towards for a long time, but haven't been able to conquer yourself because you've been trying to do it on your own. There's a certain level of victory that only comes in a relationship. And I challenge each and every one of you to find that this morning.